Alex, I know you're a guy that likes to fight legends, right? So, I mean, I, this opportunity, I got to imagine uh, this is an exciting one for you? Yeah, so they announced the fight around three months ago, if I'm not mistaken. And as soon as I saw it matched up, I actually called my coach and told him that if either guy pulls off, I'd be willing to take the fight. Granted, I didn't expect it to be on like less than a week's notice. But, uh, but yeah, I, I've been in shape. I have a lot of my guys fighting soon, and a lot of guys in Fortis are always fighting. So I've been just like training to help my, my training partners. Um, at my gym, we had a, a, a local grappling tournament last Saturday, and we had 80 competitors, 80 out of my own gym. 50 of them were kids, but still a lot of adults. So we've been training our butts off, and uh, my weight's been low, and conditioning's been super good. So it was an easy fight to take. That's awesome. How did it all come together? I mean, did, did, it, did the fact that you had volunteered for it three months out assist in getting it done? Not really. So uh, it's funny, when I fought Pettis, you know, that was another short notice one, but that week, the Saturday that I was fighting him, was our move out date. You know, I had, I had started training at a gym, Gracie Bartha Woodlands, when I was like 16 or 17 years old. And I uh, started there as a white belt and just like stayed the course and became like a black belt, became an instructor, and then became the owner. And we had finally outgrown that location. It had been flooded twice. Like we were ready to get out of there. So my my awesome genius mogul brother, who has been doing very well for himself, started to make some money with his, uh, with his internet and tech work, started buying a lot of land, and he built a big building, so we had moved our gym to a much bigger super facility that is already too filled up. But so I was facilitating the move, and that's like, and in 2020, you know, banking on like UFC fights and gym profits, we were gonna fund the build out. That didn't happen. COVID killed that and made no money at the gym. So we had to figure out our funds, but the move was all going very according to plan. And then the Pettis fight moved that one week back. So right after that fight, we had moved our entire gym from one spot to another. And I asked for three months to make sure the business side of the gym was going smooth. January was great. February was a banger. And then every month, it's just getting busier and busier. So I knew in quarter one, I wouldn't be fighting. But with teaching and training, I was in good shape, and I was, I was like hoping to fight in quarter two. So like May, June, July, I wanted to be in shape going into fight camp, and, and that worked out so well. And just the timing was really good. We, we've achieved so much this year already from like, a, from like a business side. And then thankfully, after February, once everything was going smooth, I started like really cross-training a lot and making my trips back up to Fortis, especially with Jeff Neal and Carlos Diego Fierro being on the card. I started to make the trip up to, to Dallas just to train with the boys. We have one of our guys, another one of Coach Safe's students, not in the UFC yet, Cameron Graves. He's fighting on that Fury show the day after the UFC Houston card, and Dana White's going to be there. And he's, it's a title fight, so we've been getting him ready for five fives. So I've been doing five fives with him for, for weeks now, and conditioning was good, weight was low, and the opportunity really presented itself. That's awesome. With that said, I mean, let's say this was like, hey, Alex, we want you to fight this newcomer that's coming in. So he's making his debut, but we got to fight for you. I mean, would you still fight? I mean, because you, you want to fight, or is it the opportunity to face Cowboy? Yeah, uh, you know, that, that, that's very situationally based. It really depends on who, you know, just making sure the risk is worth the reward. And in this case, like, the risk is certainly worth the reward. But, you know, Cerrone's uh, maybe other than Conor McGregor, the most well-known fighter on fight for both of them. Uh, and you know, I was kind of—it's you know—it's kind of sad to see that drop off, especially with with what happened with Diego. Like, I've always liked Diego a lot, and as long as martial arts has been around, there have been like you know seedy coaches who who kind of fake their way into spots. And 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 
I always built up such a resume for myself so my students know that everything I teach them is legitimate. Like I've been through the fire, I've competed at every level in pretty much every martial arts aspect. I've had pro boxing matches, pro kickboxing matches, submission only black belt matches, and a bunch of MMA fights. And I just want like my students and, and the fans to know that I've been there. I know what I'm talking about. And if there's anything I can talk about, it's MMA. And, uh, and anytime I see like especially locally, you know, there's a lot of gyms in the area. I'll like really question the coaches and, uh, and kind of put some pressure on them to, to see how legitimate they are. And I know that a lot of guys around town don't like that, but I mean, that's tough. You know, you're only as good as, as your resume states. So, so yeah, this was a cool fight. And, uh, and I don't think it's ideal for Cerrone, but, but whatever, I know he's game and I know he was motivated. Like one thing when I was talking to Coach Safe about this fight, he was like, Cerrone knew he could beat Sanchez. Going to this fight camp, he was pumped. I watched some of the training videos of his and I know he's gonna be coming in good shape. And, uh, and I expect this fight to be a, a bit of a dog fight. It's going to be a fun one. I was going to ask you because, I mean, I know what, what a fan you are of the sport and how much you follow it. I mean, Cowboy has had the losses, right? But it also feels like he's in one of those back-against-the-wall kind of situations right now, right, where he wants to prove the world. So, so what kind of a Cowboy are you expecting to come in there? You know, every time I fight, I always – when I was a, a regional pro, I would get these matchups, and I would always envision my opponents to be, like, way bigger and stronger and better than they were. So I, I got my coach behind me, but or in front of me here. One time we fought a guy named Everett. He was really tall and really big for a welterweight. He actually ended up, did he bust weight, coach? He, he took some time. We all had to wait a, like an extra hour at weigh because he was cutting weight. And I remember I, I did the face off and I was like, coach, he's smaller than I thought. And Matt was like, dude, he's pretty big. I was like, yeah, but he's smaller than I thought he'd be. And I always envision these guys to be like the best possible versions and the toughest. And, and Cowboy, one of the best strikers in the UFC, an arguable better ground game than stand-up game. This is going to be a fun fight, a real test. You know, I always hope we stand and kickbox for 15 minutes. That's what I always hope. But I always plan on guys trying to wrestle. And I know he was training for Diego, who's a southpaw wrestler. And, and any time I would fight a wrestler, there's a lot of anti-wrestling, so a lot of wrestling, naturally. And then he had asked to fight Emil Meek, if I'm not mistaken. I saw a text that I don't know how legitimate it was. It was on Reddit. But... uh if you're asking to fight Emil Meek, that's a guy who's been held down before too. So I, I think Cerrone may try to wrestle a bunch, but again, prepping for this tournament and just doing the three months of like jujitsu gym business, I've been grappling so much and thankfully been really sharp in my striking doing all the MMA work. So uh, I'm ready to, to grapple hard, to fight hard. I mean, uh, like any fight, I expect this to go everywhere. Last thing for me, I would ask kind of, you know, this would be a huge win for you, right? I mean, a big moment in your career, a big name. But you're one of the most realistic guys I've ever heard. You know, so, I don't know if I'm going to be champ or anything, but I'm going to go out there and we're going to have fun. So what would you do after this? Would you, you know, go back into the school and, and wait for another legend to come around? Or do you start calling out names? What, what's the plan after a win like this? You know what? I, I'm not too sure. I also stopped. Like, after, when I had the Pettis fight, I was like, oh, am I going to fight next? And I just stopped worrying about that now. Um, I don't know. I, it was funny, you know, after February, March, after March, I was checking my email three, four times a day, waiting for Sean Shelby to have a name and a date. And I just never would have predicted this on, what, five days notice. That was cool. But uh, I don't know. I'll fight the newcomers. I know there was a lot of COVID signees. And if UFC wants to hike some of those guys out, I'll certainly beat them up. The vets are fun to fight. Uh, you know, like those, those mid-level guys, they'll be in the UFC for a long time like myself. I can fight them later, you know. So while the vets are in, I enjoy fighting the vets just as a, as a fight fan and just as a martial artist. I think it's a cool test, and, uh, and this is a fun one. Just Inter going off. Go on after you. Thanks. 
In a previous interview, you mentioned that um, a win over Cowboy would be bittersweet. I was wondering if you could ex elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, being just a, a, a fan of the UFC, you know, guys like like Robbie, like Diego Sanchez, like Cerrone, you know, like you want to see them retire on a high note. You know, I'm certain, like I'm realistic about when I would retire. And like I told my coach, there's two aspects that are going to allow me to retire. One, so if I start taking excessive damage to my head, I'm out. And then two, if I don't enjoy training in the fight camps, I'm going to stop. And that's one thing. Every fight camp, and I've had 40 of them, I've enjoyed more than the next. So that's not slowing down. But, uh, you know, I, you, you want to see uh, a guy like Cerrone go out on a high note. There's only one exception to that, and that's if he fights a teammate or myself. And, uh, and I'm going to try to kill him on Saturday. Uh, he, can, he can have a retirement fight after that if he wants. But, but that's, that's the bittersweet kind of aspect to it. Like, you know, you got to pay respects to these guys, but, but not if you're fighting. Like, there's just no... There's just no chance. If I let my guard down for a second or give him too much credit, then that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a failure in like my armor. You know? So I'm going in there for the kill. I was just curious, going off the you saying it's fun to fight the vets as a fan of the, uh, of the sport itself, what would it mean to have a name like Donald Cerrone on your resume when it's all said and done, you're looking back to look down the list of people you fought and having like him, he's a legend in this sport, to have him on your resume, what would that feel like? Yeah, I mean, you know, better than pretty much any win, you know, against someone who, like, wasn't a champion. I was saying he's probably the most decorated fighter in the UFC who's not a champ in terms of what he's accomplished, and uh, especially as a striker. You know, in MMA, a lot of guys like to just, like, run and grab and hug. And, and, and I always, I always, I'll be nice, but I, I never liked that style very much. And, and, you know, he's a good striker, a very good kickboxer. I fancy myself a kickboxer with a black belt in jiu-jitsu, so as a, as a, as a martial artist, it's, it's more meaningful to me just as a, as a person than, than really anything else. Plus, the resume is good, and, you know, my students at home, you know, probably my, the second biggest reason I do this stuff, you know, fight in the UFC and, and take these challenges, is to just let my students, let my, my family, my friends all at home who I lead know that I've, I've been in the trenches, I've been through the fire, and I've made it out on the other side. And a fun bit of irony that you're taking a short notice fight against the guy who always takes short notice fights. Yeah, this is the shortest notice of fights I've ever taken. Uh, I took one on a week's notice, and it was the first time Dana White did looking for a fight. And, uh, and, I, and I, I took the fight there, and it was funny. On that, on that fight card, I actually had the most experience. And on that fight card, it was crazy because Matt Schnell fought on that card. Ryan Spann fought on that card. Uh, Roberto Sanchez, Sage Northcutt. A, a lot of the guys who fought on the main card, we all got finishes in, like, quick and a lot of us got signed that was a cool one and I was the only guy whose like name wasn't on Dana White's list because I took it so short notice <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> and uh, after the fight I was like Dana I uh, you know I'm the most experienced guy here you know I took this fight short notice I got the finish because he actually showed up after my fight and he's like flipping through his papers he's like I don't see you and I was like yeah I took it I, I took it late and I gave him my information and I was like if not today I'm confident I'll fight for you in the future and then after that fight, I had a, a, a main event in Legacy against Baby Monster and knocked him out real bad. And then I fought for the belt and won. And then my UFC debut was a really short-notice fight against a super veteran in Kyle Noak, one of Cowboys' teammates at the time. And even after, after I won that fight, I went to the back all tired and, and excited. And Cowboy actually complimented my footwork, which was cool. And like just as a UFC rookie coming off a short-notice debut win, I was, it, it, just, it liked that compliment. Luke Rockhold gave me a really backhanded compliment too because I was swinging real wild in that fight. He was like, you just fought, you're the guy who threw those crazy overhands. And I was like, thanks, champ. He was a champ at the time. It was, it was really cool. That was a, that was a fun experience.
Cool. Thanks, guys.